0: Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Awesome. My name's Eric. Welcome to E3. Uh, if you guys are visiting from out of town, I'm actually uh, the musical worship pastor here. Um, but Trace uh, is also on staff here and and fills in from time to time. Um, pastor Mark, where's Pastor Mark? He's over there. So if you're here visiting E3, he's the lead pastor. If I make any mistakes this morning, you can talk to him. Um, anyway, Welcome. Uh, for, for those of you guys who are visiting, I hope you guys have had a great Thanksgiving. I know that uh, the McNeese family and my family, along with Trace and, and Lori, we were all at the Gortney Gobble Fest on Thursday. Woo! Um, and let me tell you, like, if you guys find yourself in town a year from now uh, without any place to go, it's, it's such an amazing time. Uh, and not just because, you know, we get to kind of spend time as sort of a church family and staff together. It's also very cool because uh, Dr. Gortney invites a lot of his economic students. So we're actually just spending time with people from all over the world. I mean literally uh, you know, meeting people from Cambodia, meeting people from uh, Georgia, not Thomasville, Georgia, but <laughs> the country Georgia. Although it, sometimes it seems like another country up there. Um, just kidding. Anyway, it was just a, a marvelous time, and, and I hope you guys um, had a great Thanksgiving as well. I want to invite you to turn to your, in your Bibles to Genesis 12, and, and, and we're multitasking this morning. I need two volunteers, two volunteers, Elizabeth and Rebecca. Okay, awesome. Come up here, you guys. Take this. Okay, here's the deal. No, don't throw it. You guys are each... Team captains, okay? You have around 30 seconds to put a team of people, eight people, together. We don't need them to come up here, but I do need their names. So, and do this the way you've learned to do it. Take turns. So, Elizabeth, you pick first. And you guys just go around. And if you guys want to volunteer for the team, raise your hand so they can so they can find you. Otherwise, just pick those who you think will be best. For your team. Okay, and anyway, while she's doing that, don't be too distracted. We're, we're in the middle of this series called Anticipate, and as the video kind, of, video kind of said, anticipating is all about what are you waiting for? What are you, what are you looking for? And it, match, and it matches right up with this season that the church is in called Advent, which is this is actually the first Sunday of Advent for uh, those of you who may have come from church traditions that recognize this. And what we've decided to do is take a look at sort of the whole breadth of Scripture and kind of look at things that that Jesus kind of came to fulfill or came to bring about. And so what does it mean to anticipate or wait for God's order? What does it mean to wait for or to look for grace? And this morning we want to talk about what does it mean to anticipate... Or look for God's blessing. You guys almost done? Okay. All right. Well, when you're done, just put them up here, and we will, and, you, and then you guys can have a seat, and, uh, and uh, we'll work with that later. So to do that, we want to look at, at, at a text in, in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. I'm just going to read it, and then we will uh, jump right in. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt, and all of the families on earth will be blessed through you. So that's the text. And what I want to do here is kind of uh, start with, with a sort of a, the image in my mind is like a skeleton, and kind of put a skeleton together of what's going on here, and then kind of flesh it out as we talk this morning. So the first thing that I would say is, is what happens at Genesis 12, you got it? Awesome. Thank you guys. Have a seat, and I'll, I'll call you back later. You can keep this if you, don't, if you don't throw it, or don't, it's my Steeler football, so uh, very important to me. Um. Um, so, what happens in Genesis 12 is this kind of strange reversal of something that's been going on in Genesis from chapter 3 up to now. And that is uh, beginning with, with chapter 3, God has this kind of very, um, very precarious relationship with, with humanity. If you know the story at all, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, God creates. Everything, And then Genesis 3, Adam and Eve kind of uh, rebel against God and kind of fall out of this perfect relationship. And something gets broken in the world. And beginning in Genesis 3, um, there's a lot of cursing going on. God, it, it tells, curses the, the serpent that kind of tempts Eve. Then he curses Eve with pain and childbearing. Child, uh, he, um, he curses evil. Noah curses Cain and his son. God gets mad and floods the world. God frustrates people who are building the tower in, in this tower in Babylon. So there's an awful lot of just kind of like, ah, like God is amped up here from, from chapter 3 up until this point. And I want to suggest to you that first of all, in, in chapter 12, God does something that is very, very new. In the sense that he utters a blessing. And he utters it kind of just randomly. We don't see Abram except for sort of a lineage. Uh, There's nothing that Abram does. God just kind of shows up and goes, bam, 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 bam. Here are these things that I'm going to do for you, Abram. And God kind of um, says, I'm going to do four things in the text. And we can just kind of go back through them. God has four things he wants to do. Abram has three things. Responses that God gives to him. The Lord says to Abram, uh, Abram, leave your native country and go. God says, I will show you, I will make you into a nation, I will bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. So the four things that God says that he's going to do in this is he's going to show Abram the land, he's going to make him into a nation and make him into a blessing that he will bless Abram and he will curse those who curse Abram and his family. Abram has three responses that God lays out in the text. God says, I'm going to show you the land. What is Abram supposed to do? Go. God says, I'm going to make you into a great nation and I will bless you And all the text really says is that, Abram, you are supposed to be a blessing. So God says, I'm going to make, Abram, you need to be a blessing. And then God also says, I'm going to curse those who curse you. And what is Abram supposed to do? Nothing. There's kind of a curious, that's curious to me because uh, I think sometimes as people, we take it upon ourselves, well, if someone's going to curse me or someone's going to mess with me I'm going to mess with them back but right off the bat God says there's something unique Abram that you need to realize that if people curse you Abram it's not your responsibility to curse them back I'll take care of that in fact uh, I, I would suggest that, that it just strikes me that, that God doesn't want cursing a part of this story That he says Abram you just be a blessing if people have a problem with you I'll sort it out. So that's kind of the, the, the skeleton, the skeletal thing that, that, that sticks out to me. But then I instantly started thinking all right, well, if that's the skeleton, what, what does it mean? I, I mean, I, I see go to this land, I see uh, become a blessing, I see uh, be a blessing. But there's still kind of uh, the question in my mind of like, well, what does it really look like? What is a blessing? from God look like, especially in the 21st century. Now, if you spend any time watching TV, especially you know, late at night, you will see preachers and people who will tell you what a blessing from God looks like. And these people tend to have well-tailored suits, perfect hair, and perfect teeth, and shiny shoes. And they will tell you that a blessing from God looks like a really full bank account. It will tell you that a blessing from God looks like a nice new car, a new home, and no troubles anywhere. But I, uh, I begin to think that maybe that's, that sounds a little bit more like a blessing from MasterCard and Visa. That sounds a little bit more like a blessing from Fifth Avenue. And I get to, wait, I get to think, is God, God, are you just blessing? Would you bless the way the world blesses? Or does God oftentimes have another agenda because if it's just mastercard and visa if i can get that stuff with a with just working hard if i can get that stuff by just watching advertisements and and getting up really early on black friday so i can get the best deal is that is that the same blessing that god gives or is there something is there something else and i think there is and it's right here in the text The first thing that God tells Abram to do is to leave. To leave and go. And the crazy thing is that Abram does it. I mean, he's just, uh, the, the text says he's just doing his thing. And all of a sudden, the voice comes to him and says, Abram, leave and go. And Abram goes. And uh, in, in Genesis, he gets there in just a couple of verses. Uh, it's not on the side screen. So Abram departs as the Lord instructed. And essentially, he gets to the land that God tells him about in verse 5. And all is great, right? No. Abram gets to, to Canaan, to the land that God's going to show him in verse 5. Well, by verse 10 abram's gone again because we're told that a famine comes into the land so abram gets to the place i'm here god thanks for the land oh wait oh wait famine oh economic dep- oh i gotta go i gotta go okay so abram goes to the place that god shows him but then he instantly has to leave again and furthermore when he gets to the land that god shows him guess what uh there's other people living there already you can't just kind of move in and go, hey, guess what? God, God told me, just so you know, this is my land. This is, it's a blessing. You'll find out about it later. It's not the way it works. There are people living in the land, and they're like, excuse me? Uh, I don't think so. So Abram does not possess the land, and furthermore, he has to leave the land. And he eventually gets back, but he still doesn't possess it. It takes his family, his descendants, hundreds hundreds and hundreds of years to finally call the promised land home. So the first thing that I would suggest to you that you could kind of ask uh, in terms of like what does a blessing from God looks like? Uh, the blessing from God may look like this. You've got to move but you've got to keep on moving. And I think so many times in our, in our uh, way of thinking, we think of the blessing as a as a destination. But God says here, you know what, Abram? The blessing just may be the journey. And so I wonder this morning if, if I could ask us all a question. If you are um, if you are walking with God, if you are doing this thing called faith in Christianity, is there a sense that you're on a journey? Or is there a sense that, you know what? I've arrived. I got this thing. Because to me, God always has this way of going like, there's not really an arrival until way, way on down. That God always wants to say, there's another journey to go on. That you haven't stopped you haven't arrived and say, I'm done. I'm done, God. Thanks for, thanks for the for the help. So this morning, have you stopped moving? Or are you still willing to go on a journey that God wants to take you on? The next level of the whole idea of a blessing from God uh, is this. Again, in verse one, God kind of has this threefold challenge to Abram says leave your native country your relatives and what your father's family so what's going on here leave your native country leave the place that you would sort of first primarily identify yourself with leave the United States leave Canada leave Germany Leave kind of this vague sense of like, well, this is part of who I am. I am an American. I am Canadian. I am, you know, Russian. And God says, leave it behind and come. And there's this kind of spiral that starts happening that starts to get at, at the core of, of things that kind of make us uncomfortable. Because the next thing God says is to what? Leave your relative. Who knows you best? Who who are the people that can say, well, I've I've seen this person grow up for a long time, and I know them. What's the next level of identity that you would claim? I want to suggest that maybe this morning, relatives to them might also be sort of our closest friends, or our peers, or maybe our job. What is next in the level of identity? After I'm an American, well, I'm an uh, an accountant. Um, I'm a financial advisor. I'm a personal trainer. These are my friends. I'm an artist. And God says, those people, that identity, you've got to leave it behind to go on the journey. And then finally, he gets to the core of it all, where he says, leave your father's family. And the first of all, we go, wow, like, I mean, that really gets at it, doesn't it? You know, my, my parents who saw me from birth, saw my first steps, uh, comforted me when my, my heart was broken. But there's another layer going on here as well. Because in this culture, your father determined Everything. Every household in the culture of uh, what we would call prehistory had different gods. And the father basically chose them. So the father would say, there's a whole pantheon, a whole array of gods out there. And I got to get a crop to grow or we don't eat. Or our herds have got to get larger or we don't eat. So I'm going to pick the most Uh, productive gods that I can pick to worship so that maybe we can get our crops to come in. Maybe we can eat next year. It was a whole way of viewing the world. This is the way the world works, and your dad figured it out and said, Abram, this is the way the world works. We worship this God and this God and this God, and this is the way our crops come in, and this is the way we put food on the table, and this is the way we exist as a people and God says, Abram, you got to leave that behind too. So what's the way the world works in your eyes? How do you put food on your table? And God says, my blessing involves looking at the world radically different than anything you might have heard before. You have to leave the gods of your father, the gods of your household behind, because there's a new way that the world is going to work, Abram, and I'm going to show you. And I want to just point out something that kind of drives us home. It comes a few chapters later in the book of Genesis where God repeats the challenge to Abram. It's a cycle again of sort of a threefold challenge. In chapter 22, Abram has a son which I don't know if you know this, but if, if God promises you're going to have a family, children are pretty important. Think about it for a second. So he has a son, and in the, in the course of having a son, God changes his name from Abram to Abraham. In chapter 22 of Genesis, uh, God, uh, the writer writes this. Take, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much and what? Go. Do you see the similarities of phrases and words there? First he says, Leave your country, leave your relatives, leave your father's family, and go. And then he repeats it. Abraham, take your son. Abraham, not not just your son, Ab- Abram. Take your your only son. The promise that I was going to give you a family, but take your only son. Oh, and and Abraham, um, maybe you've forgotten, but it's your only son whom you love so much. And go. And to Abraham, I'm sure he's going like, wait a minute, God, this is not the way the world works. You promised me a family. You promised me this. Now you're asking me to take and go. And God says, hmm. But I don't work the way you think the world works. So take and go. So the first thing I would say is that pursuing the blessing of God may involve sacrifice. It may involve you leaving the comfort of everything you've ever realized behind. And jumping in to an invitation that is out there. And consequently, the question for us this morning is, uh, what what do you need to leave behind? Is there something that you would say, I've been handed a perspective of the way the world works, and I'm not, I don't want to give this up. This is the way I put food on the table. This is the way I survive. And yet, our God says, that's the very thing that you have to leave so that I can take you on this journey. And you have no idea what's going to happen in the future, but it's going to be good. The last thing we would say about the blessing is that it is unmerited, free, and complete. And, And I would ask it this way. What has Abram done at this point in the story to receive this promise? What classes has Abram taken to prepare himself to hear the voice of God promising him this? Nothing. Nothing. That God comes to Abram and says, I know you haven't taken like blessing 101. I I know you haven't taken listening to God 101. But here I am, Abram. You are just who you are. You have listened. You haven't done anything. But Abram, this is what I want to do through you. You haven't built an altar. You haven't done anything amazing. You are just Abram. And that is enough. And, and the phrase that keeps ringing in my head is that blessing precedes Everything That blessing precedes everything There's a great story That um, the, the, the ancient rabbis used to tell About the world and, and to do it I need to teach you Just a little bit of Hebrew And I, and I don't know a whole lot uh, myself But uh, if we put the slide up there For, okay Everybody say Aleph Everybody say Beth These are the first sort of two words Of the Hebrew alphabet there's this amazing story that the, that, the, um, that the rabbis would tell and they said that that God did not write the Bible um, with the first letter of the, Hebrew, of the Hebrew alphabet. The first letter of the Bible in Hebrew, the first word, or the first letter, I should say, is Beth. Because The word for blessing in Hebrew is barak. Everybody say barak. The word for curse, or a word for curse in Hebrew is araya. Araya. Starts with an A, starts with a B. And the rabbi said that God intentionally made the Bible start with the letter B because it was the same letter for the word blessing and God wanted blessing to be the first notion that was struck in his entire revelation. The blessing precedes everything. And Jesus bears this out even. Jesus comes thousands of years after this story with Abram. And he comes and he begins to teach And Luke chapter 6 says this, that Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry when? Now. For you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep when? Now. For in due time you will laugh. the blessing of God is not that you have to take any kind of training classes, that you have to um, put yourself together, that you have to be emotionally uh, stable, although God wants to take you there, but to respond to the blessing, God says, no, the blessing comes before you do anything. And in fact, I've heard people say that that this is the actual, the gospel could be summed up this way. That right now, right now, wherever you are at, you are blessed. Sometimes the blessing may involve sacrifice. Sometimes going on the journey may involve leaving things behind. But you are blessed by God saying, I love you, I affirm you, I welcome you. And that, to me, is amazing, amazing news. Because this is the way, because this is how it plays out. Okay, Rebecca and Elizabeth, can you guys come up here for a second? Okay. All right, who is on your team, Elizabeth? Say all of them. Say all of them. And just raise your hand if, if you're here. Jason Cowan, Josh and This is your football team. All right. All right, stand up, guys. No, I'm not. no, 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 it's okay, just stand up. Okay, this everybody everybody thank them for standing up and being a part of Elizabeth's football team. Rebecca, who's on your team? I have Sarah Mack. Sarah Mack. Trace. Becky Trace. Collins, okay. Collins, Becca Cowan. Joanne. Joanne. Mary Coffey. Bertha Hanna. Lisa Redstick and Larry Wizzing. Lisa, Larry. Okay. This is the other team. You guys thank them for participating. Now. Thank you, ladies. You might sit down. Now, who, when you were getting picked for teams in grade school, was like the worst part of your, of your life? Who, like, when you were like, oh, gosh, you were either like, I hope I don't get picked last, or I hope I don't get picked at all, you know? Who of you were just like, I don't have the skills to do this game, just can I go, like, you know, I don't know, sit and read a book? Yeah, Uh, Trust me on this. I know. I feel your pain. I spent many, many a time just going like, come on. I can actually, I really can shoot a basketball. Like, I promise. I promise. Just pick me. I'll be all right. There is something deep inside of us that wants to be picked, isn't there? There's just a part of us that's just like, I want to be in on this. I heard this awesome story years and years ago. Uh, In Chicago, there are, we have elevated trains, right? Most of the subways are actually elevated about 30, 40 feet off the air, and there's platforms where people wait for the trains. And I read this story once of a guy who was waiting on a train at rush hours. There's all these people. And he said the homeless guy was was wandering uh, down the platform. And he would walk up to people, and he would get like really into their personal space, face to face. And some people he would walk up, and he would just shake and he looked disappointed then he'd walk to the next person and occasionally he would walk to a person and he would look at him in the eye very uncomfortably Then he'd nod his head and he'd smile and he'd keep on going and the, the guy is moving his way down the platform and there's a, there's a certain part of like this is a little uncomfortable because the guy's like I don't really know what this guy's picking people for but he is <laughs> making some kind of judgment And he said, as the guy moved down the platform, he said, the craziest thing started to happen. He said, I don't know what this guy's doing, but I really hope that I get picked. (laughs) And he said, I had no idea what was going on, but there was something that welled up inside him that said, if people are being picked for something, oh, man, I hope I'm a part of it. I was reading a book last week, and the guy was talking, he was an instructor at Harvard, and he said that he would, he would come across three types of students that got into Harvard. He would, he would come across this one group of people that were like, this is the school I had to go to. This, would, this had the top program, obviously, for what I want to do with my life. Then he said there were, there were another group of students that they just called legacy kids. And he's like, ah, you know, maybe I kind of wanted to go there, but I'm really here because my parents went here and my grandparents went here. But then there was another group of students and when it came time to apply from school, to schools, they just randomly wrote down Harvard because who wouldn't apply to Harvard? And they got in. And so when he asked them, he's like, well, why are you here? And they're like, I don't know, got in. <laughs> that they wanted to go to Harvard just because Harvard said, we'll take you. These, these were kids that he called students and Harvard children of grace. That they just got in. And they were like, I'll go. And the thing that picking teams, the thing that, that just being evaluated for anything speaks to us is that this blessing of God, God doesn't evaluate like, like uh, he doesn't just kind of randomly walk down an L platform and say, you can't get in, you can't. He doesn't pick teams like a football team where he says, I think you can cut it, I think you can't. God says, for my blessing, everybody is welcome. Abram you haven't done anything Abram I don't know if you're going to be a success Or a failure but Abram I'm picking You Abram I want you On my team And so This morning I would just say to you If you haven't ever Thought of the blessing if you haven't ever Thought if you think that maybe I just can't be Together enough for God if I Can't be um, you know I can't dress nice enough or I Can't say all the right words God says no 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 guess what The blessing is wide open. Just do what Abram did and say, I'll go. I don't know what it means, but I'll go. I'll leave some stuff behind. Some stuff's gonna cost me, but I'll go. Because it's worth it. Because our God is good and our God is faithful. Would you guys pray with me? God, the blessing is thorough, complete, unmerited, and free. And some of us this morning just need to be reminded of how much you love us. Some of us need to be reminded this morning, God, that there are things that we need to leave behind, ways of looking at the world that you want to scrap and replace with your perspective and God, some of us this morning need to be reminded that that we shouldn't have stopped. That no matter how old we are or no matter where we are in our journey with you, that the call is to keep on moving because the story isn't over yet. God, I pray that you would continue to speak to us as we respond to you with, with words and singing. I pray, Lord, that you that you would help us to, to sit quietly and to respond to wherever you might be calling us to right now, God. We pray in the strong name of Jesus.